a larger population and certainly made great impact. Here Guru Nanak Dev Ji has been shown with his cloak and his topi and he is shown reading something and you can see that how the border has been made in the same tune of Mughal paintings and even this miniature concept is using abstract designs. The background shows a beautiful lake area or the banks of a river and you can observe the cushions for support which is another Mughal feature here in this painting and you can see the serenity of the painting the bound book in the hands of Guru Nanak speaks of the book binding tendencies and the techniques which are developed in this period and the pointed topi and pointed cap etc these are all reminder of the lifestyle dressing patterns which were quite popular with the coming of the Mughals to India you can see the brilliant use of colors how clouds have been depicted water body has been shown with shades of blue and green and in the background we can see green pastures here again you can see famous Sikh Guru sitting and you can see his attendant Mardana in a green dress and you can observe the halos and before going on to the features of these people if we see the architecture which is shown here you will see arches Mughal designs and lots of prominent Jali patterns here in this painting and now we focus on the paintings you will see a manuscript here a carpet here people are in a discussion mode and with the help of attires dresses bears you will see that people from different communities were actually shown sitting together and discussions were being done now in most of these paintings you will find a guru and a shishya tradition has been shown like Sikhism has the tendency of Gurudam. So these Gurus are actually shown imparting knowledge to the people, doing discussions with the people. Some historians say that this was actually an imitation or an influence of the Mughal school of painting where the emperor was shown as a center figure sitting on a throne with several subordinates and audience on the either side. So whichever way we look at it, one thing is important that Sikh school actually carried forward some of the traditions and some of the achievements of the medieval school of paintings which can be seen here in paintings like this. Here again you can see the Guru with his subordinates, you can see the carpet and you can see the Jali decorations here and you can see the edges or the boundaries being made brilliantly and if you observe it nicely you will see that the dressing pattern is actually like the Mughal dressing pattern. Headgear has been shown. Sometimes we find that even the later Mughal emperors have been shown more or less in the same Sikh traditions and same body posture, same style and same emotions have been depicted here. Here in this image we can see a royal procession. You can see the king riding on an elephant and you can see the entire retinue, the musicians, horsemen, flag bearers, the umbrella bearer and all the attendants can be shown here moving along with the royal procession and if you observe this image nicely you will see that in the background hills have been shown so somewhere these relate to the Sikh imperialism or the expansionist policies of the Sikh kings then on further analysis we find that camels are visible indicative of the large expansion of the Sikh kingdom where even the Rajputana areas were subjugated by them. The 
king has been shown holding an arrow indicative of the imperialist policies and most interestingly the elephant has been shown in a nice joyous mood the elephant's movement has been captured brilliantly by the painter you can see the coiled trunk good size of the tusks the decoration of the elephant is less but in the case of south we find elephants were decorated brilliantly particularly in temple processions and you can see the flowing carpets here on here which is placed on top of the elephant back and the motion of the elephant has been made has been shown brilliantly with the help of strokes and different color combinations you can see one feet which is raised shows the animal in a perfect motion one very interesting feature of all these processions is that that the artist has taken great care to show a complete motion in tandem with the central figure otherwise here it would feel as if the animal is moving separately while the other retinue has been shown in different manner but in all these paintings we find that there is a nice correlation of the central figure along with the others figures so that it seems that the entire picture is moving in the same format like the way elephant is taking steps in the same proportion the other animals like horses camels and foot soldiers are moving at the same pace or at the same speed so these are the basic features of the sikh school of painting we now move on to the other paintings such as the baramasa and the ragmala paintings which we have been discussing up till now so we'll focus something about them and you can expect a good question in the mains on the ragmala painting or even on the baramasa or chaturmasa paintings so actually ragmala baramasa or chaturmasa paintings were associated with all the prominent schools of paintings in those days it is not that they were distinct from any regional style in fact they were a common pool of ideas which were generally absorbed or adopted by the different schools and then they were refined and improved upon according to the local requirements so here we talk of the ragmala paintings ragmala paintings is actually a series of illustrated paintings from the medieval india it's based on ragmala or the garland of ragas in fact ragmala paintings has a nice connection with the musical traditions of the period music traditions are said to have developed even in pre islamic periods and with the coming of delhi sultanate the efforts of amir khosro and later on during akbar's rule with the efforts of tanzin and beju babra we find that musical traditions developed a lot in indian subcontinent and in fact ragmala paintings are actually a strong depiction of the same musical traditions the taans and the ragas which were popular in music are actually given a figurative form here in these paintings this stand is a classical example of the amalgamation of art poetry and classical music in medieval india so this is actually the definition for the ragmala paintings they are a classical example of the amalgamation or a combination of art poetry and classical music in medieval india it's created in most indian schools of paintings starting in the era 16th and 17th centuries that is towards the mature form of mughal paintings and its decline today named as pahadi ragmala rajasthani or rajput ragmala deccan ragmala and mughal ragmala so this is what we were trying to focus that ragmala traditions were actually a common pool of ideas which has been appropriated by different regional schools according to their own requirements 
and at times they have been named as Pahadi Ragmala when the Ragmala traditions were appropriated by the hilly kingdoms or the Pahadi school of paintings, Deccani Ragmala when it was appropriated by the Deccan school of paintings, Rajputi Ragmala when it was appropriated by the Rajput kingdoms and similarly we find Mughal Ragmala when the Ragmala traditions were incorporated into the Mughal painting styles. Each Raga is a personified form which is shown by a color describing the story of a hero and heroine in a particular mood. So in fact, the training or the teaching of Ragas has also been shown with the help of the Ragmala paintings where the Rag and the Ragini are shown as the hero and the heroine. So the term Rag is actually tone or the tune of the painting. So similarly, Ragini is the sound produced from there. So we find a nice combination of Ragmala paintings coming up that the love emotion of a hero and a heroine has been shown and somewhere these were also taken from the same pool of ideas where the love of Radha and Krishna was shown in the form of paintings. It also elucidates the seasons, time of the day and night in which a particular rag is to be sung. So these things were actually indicated with the help of the background landscape. So, uh, for example, day was shown with bright colors, night was shown with dark colors, the sun was in the paintings made in day, night was in the paintings which were made for night, having moon, sometimes crescent moon was shown in a brilliant format and similarly when the ragmalas were connected with seasons, so we find that the background landscape showed hills to signify winters, they had other things particularly flowers to signify springs, the trees bereft of leaves to show the scene of autumn or the fall etc. In fact in these Ragmala traditions only a very popular painting tradition can be found which is generally identified as Aparna paintings. So in Aparna paintings actually trees were shown without any leaves. So these paintings became very popular in northern India where in the background lots of tall trees were shown without any leaves. So these were actually connected with the autumn season and connected with the further Ragmala traditions of the autumn. Many paintings also demarcate the specific Hindu deities attached with the Ragas like Bhairav or Bhairavi to Shri to Dev etc. So we find even mythological connections were highlighted. Connection of the gods and goddesses with the Ragas was also highlighted with the help of these paintings. The six principal Ragas present in the Ragmala are Bhairav, Deepak, Shri, Malkush, Megha and Hindola. So these Ragas actually find a face even in the form of architecture because if we are aware of the Malva school of architecture, Hindola Mahal was a prominent building over there. So somewhere we find that these common pool of ideas of Rag and Ragini is appropriated by different schools for the different purposes in different regions of the subcontinent. And here since we are talking of paintings, so we find that Ragmala paintings were appropriated by different regional schools in different periods and in different times. Interestingly, even the Mughal school of painting appropriates these Ragmala traditions in more than one ways and this proves that Mughals also had a taste for music which we will be discussing when we talk about musical traditions in Indian subcontinent in a separate lecture. Here you can see the famous Ragmala paintings and you can see how 
with the help of a musical instrument the snakes have been made to dance and the snakes are actually being captivated by the attendance of the musician and you can see the background it shows a dark color signifying night and black color has been used for the trees deep blue has been used for this night sky and green has been used in different shades to show the landscape here and of brilliant nature is the way snakes have been shown you can see how they have been shown coiled and in motion the snakes are shown moving towards the instrument which is actually known as a bean in hindi and can see how these snakes have been controlled and captivated by the attendance here and interestingly if you'll observe it minutely you will see here it's written prahar dusri that this actually this rag is actually connected with the second part of the day or second part of the night and on top you can see that further details are written and you can see a supporting doha is also there so more or less we find that ragmala paintings are actually a nice depiction of the musical traditions the combination of ragas raginis and different things the overall decorative pattern is more like mogal and since this painting has been taken from rajasthani school of painting so we'll find some changes in the dress and attire and decorative elements are mostly mogal only here we can see another ragmala painting here you can see mogal princess and a musician in the background and you can see the dusk or the dawn being shown with the help of these shades here and you can see the mogal architecture and since candles are apparent here so the relationship is very clear we can see that sun is not there in the background and with the help of candles light has been created and you can see the attendant playing musical instrument to enjoy and train royal children and you can see the seating arrangement everything is more like mogal again you can see nice flowers being shown in the background the decorative element is mostly according to the traditional schools which were appropriating these paintings for their own purposes now we move on to the miniatures in south india the way schools of painting developed in mogal court and after its decline we find that rajasthani school pahadi school or sikh school of paintings developed similarly in south we find that miniatures developed and there were different phases of development in south indian paintings as well vijayanagar kings also had a great taste for paintings but since large architectural structures are associated with vijayanagar structures at hampi so we say that vijayanagar paintings could not make much impact in the entire genre of paintings but there were certain famous schools particularly tanjore which has a great significance of its own so here we'll talk of miniatures in south india the trend was already prevalent in the south indian states by states we mean to say the kingdoms not the present day states and they developed in the early medieval period that is 8 to 12 century these were different from the north indian schools owing to the heavy use of gold in these paintings in fact in south indian paintings we find that gold has been used in more than one way and this heavy use of gold makes it distinct from north indian paintings these paintings are concentrated on divine creatures much more than painting the patron rulers so instead of the patron rulers being shown we find that the paintings are actually centered around divinities gods goddesses etc same puranic themes have been adopted radha and krishna has been adopted 
Krishna along with Yashoda has been shown. So we find that somewhere religious angle is very strong here in these paintings. Major schools of paintings are the Tanjore paintings and the Mysore paintings or the Mysuru paintings. Tanjore paintings developed in the Tamil Nadu state. Mysore paintings developed in the present-day Karnataka state. And now we discuss the famous Tanjore paintings. Tanjore is also known as Thanjavur, which was the capital city for the imperial Cholas. And later on, their Maratha descendants were actually deported to this place by the British administration. It's also known as a Thanjavur school. It's famous for the special style of decorative paintings. Maratha rulers patronized this school of painting during 18th century. Unique as they are, mostly created on glass and broad. Can edit this? Unique as they are, these paintings are mostly created on glass or board and instead of cloth and vellum preferred in North India. So we find that since glass and board were being used for these paintings, the surfaces were firm, they were bigger than the other surfaces. So there was ample scope of experimentation when it came to ornamentation and other decorative elements. These were unique because of the use of brilliant color patterns and the liberal use of gold leaf we have already highlighted. Then these paintings used many types of gemstones and cut glasses for embellishments to create larger than life images. So it was more like the inlay work of the Mughals which finds a face in the form of Tanjore paintings. Most of the paintings depicted smiling Krishna in various poses and various major events of his life. So this childhood poses of Krishna or a baby Krishna is smiling is the most important pose of Tanjore school which has been recreated over several generations. This painting reached its zenith under the patronage of Sarfoji Maharaj, prominent Maratha ruler. He was a great patron of arts and artistic activities. So please make a note of this particular event. This school is still operational, but they have moved towards experimenting with diverse subjects, birds, animals and buildings. Now in the case of Tanjore buildings, the points which you should keep in mind is that first of all they are using board or a glass instead of cloth or a piece of paper. Secondly, they are making use of gold leaf and third, we find that there is a good scope of decoration. Themes are baby Krishna which is unlike the other schools like in the case of Rajput school of painting or Pahadi school of painting, we find that teenaged Krishna is shown in love scenes of Radha while here we find baby Krishna being shown predominantly and the smiling face has been chosen most of the times. Here you can see an example of Tanjore paintings where Krishna has been shown eating something and you can see the smile of the baby is quite catchy and infectious. The overall decoration is quite rich with the use of gold leaves and you can see heavy ornamentation is more or less apparent. You can see the borders. Even the borders of these paintings are heavily gilded with gold leaves. Pearls have been used in rich manner. And there is a nice combination of gold leaves with red color, white, green and other bright colors. And the theme as already discussed is that of a baby Krishna image. Here we find the famous goddess of wealth, Lakshmi being shown. She is also shown in a smiling pose. And you can again see the use of gold leaf predominantly. And Heavy ornamentation can be seen. Lotuses are quite significant in their inception. Now we move on to the Mysore paintings. These paintings were patronized by the rulers of Mysore province. 
dynasty was actually ruled by the Wadiyar kings and with the establishment of the kingdom by Tipu Sultan and his father Hyder Ali, the Mysore kingdom lost the control of the original dynasty. Later on, when Tipu Sultan was killed in the battle of Sri Rangapatnam by the Britishers, the kingdom of Mysore was handed over to the earlier dynasty of Wadiyar and they were more or less a titular or a nominal rulers in these days. But the Mysore kings played a crucial role in patronizing certain art activities, particularly the school of painting at Mysore and even the famous Dashara celebrations, which are now renowned worldwide. The paintings were patronized by the rulers of Mysore province. They continued in the British period also. Major theme is the depiction of Hindu gods and goddesses. Unique part is that they had two or more figures in each painting and one figure predominates all the others in size and color. So this is an important feature of the Mysore school of painting that they had generally two or more figures while one of the figures predominates the other figures in the paintings. This is a unique feature of the Mysore school of painting which we do not encounter in Rajputi school or Bahari school or even in the case of Mughal school where the king has been shown as a predominant personality but the proportions of the body has actually been taken care of in the case of Mughals. Even the technique of making these paintings is very different from the North Indian styles. There is a large scale uses of gesso paste. This is an important aspect. The gesso paste is a mixture of zinc oxide and Arabic gum. Since Arabic gum is being used, so you can yourself understand the impact of Arabian traders in the contemporary society, particularly base of the paintings uses this mixture. So here in the case of Mysore paintings, please make a note of the use of gesso paste which is a nice combination of zinc oxide and Arabic paste or Arabic gum which is actually applied to the base. Counter the base with the use of muted colors that are not so bright. Counteract the background. So we find that the use of different colors and its relationship with the base actually gives a sense to the Mysore paintings and a distinct look of its own. Here you can see the example of Mysore paintings. Again Krishna has been shown along with Radha and in order to show a counter element the use of different shades of blue has been used. And you can see that the central figure of Krishna is predominant in comparison to the calf shown here or the other friends of Radha which are shown. And one very interesting feature of these paintings is that, that all the figurines have been shown heavily ornamented, richly decked in clothes. So this certainly shows of the traditions of golden ornaments and heavy silk clothes which were quite prominent in these parts of the subcontinent since several generations. Here again you can see a famous example of Mysore painting of goddess and you can see that different retainers have been shown. Somewhere these are reflections of the contemporary royal practices but we don't find the patrons being shown predominantly rather gods and goddesses are 